mai waro tapuhare mai ki konei. Morena, it's Karen and Elijah here, and we facilitate and coordinate communities. Presence and accounted for, sorry. <laughs> we coordinate and facilitate communities that apprentice under Jesus together. We do. These neighbourhood churches form the extended whanau known as Unite. We desire to grow as apprentices of Jesus according to the Bible by the power of the Holy Spirit. Devoted to God in Jesus with one another. Showing the world the love of God. We believe that God is three in one and that we belong to Jesus Christ. We desire to be Holy Spirit led, to practice love in community and to grow together with joyful endurance. And to welcome all people seeing them with the dignity that God created them with. In this video, Karen. Yes. We're yeah. going to touch on some things from Luke chapter 10. Sorry. Right. If you're listening to this, you won't know what just happened. But, Use your imagination. Wow, okay. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to chapter 11, verse 36, which we've been reading this week as Neighbourhood Churches. If you're looking to follow along our Bible plan, you can find it on our website, unitechurch.org.nz. I'd love to read from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13 in the NIV. Nice. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. <laughs> have you ever heard more relatable content? <laughs> go away. <laughs> The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Would you? Surely not. <laughs> or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Ooh. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Nice. It's a good verse, eh? Yep. You're actually going to kind of like share from the same verse, aren't you, Cam? We're in sync. We're in sync. To feathers of a bird, two birds of a feather fly together. I don't oh, know what that God. means. If, if one of you knows, please tell me. <laughs> okay. Great verse, say. Yes. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God desires to be with us. We see this in the creation narrative in Genesis. The breakdown of relationship in the following chapters, the calling of Abraham as a friend of God, the creation of the, of the tabernacle as a place where God came to dwell with his people, the voice of the prophets when the uh, Israelites lost their way, the incarnation of God as a human in Jesus, the cross and resurrection, 
So I said Jesus really weird then, didn't I? Jesus. The incarnation of God as a human in Jesus, the cross and resurrection to heal humanity from its self-inflicted fatal wound of sin, the ascension of Christ and release of his Holy Spirit into the hearts of those who believe. The heart of God was, is, and always will be to dwell with those he created, to be with those he loves. Mm. We can make the mistake of confusing this passage of teaching prayer as a wish list for getting the things we really want or think we need. I have too often made this mistake and I'm thankful for the gentle correction of God to continue to show who he really is in my life. Too often we can use this passage uh, or passages like these to treat God like a cosmic sanctum or the blue genie in Aladdin. But he is neither. You know, like treating God, uh, we can treat God like a means to another end. So if I pray to God, then he'll give me what I really want. Because, you know, I know best. And, and if I do the right biblical things, I can manipulate God to get what I want. Yikes. Mm. Touching on any nerves, anybody? <laughs> of course, we might not put it like that, but we can see prayer in this vein. Uh, and many of us have heard this from some of the teachings in the church. Just ask with courage. Ask for what you want and you'll get it. It's not what this passage is saying. Mm. This passage reminds us that prayer is not about information. It's about formation. Mm. More specifically, the formation of our souls by the work of the Holy Spirit. To pray is the act of making oneself present to God. To be aware of and connect to the creator and life bringer of the universe. Being present in the moment is a very in concept right now. In a world of social media screens and busy lives, it's an appropriate discussion point. Karen and I often talk about putting our phones away when we're around our young children so that we may be present with them. And of course, no one would argue that that is a bad practice. Everyone would agree um, but that's a good practice. It's a good thing to do. Yeah. Which makes me wonder how much more does the creator of the universe deserve us making ourselves present mm. to him. Mm-hmm. Luke is crafting a gospel that makes this clear. Come and be with me. Ask for me and you'll get me. Seek me and you'll find me. Mm. Knock and the door will be open to me, says Jesus. The greatest blessings of God the greatest blessing of God is God himself. Mm. His presence is our provision. What Jesus is saying here, or what I think he's saying, is be audacious in asking for my presence to be with you. Mm. To pray is to desire God himself. Anything else is a cheap substitute. For in the closing words of Jesus in this passage, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There is no greater gift than God himself. Lord, teach us to know this truth in the core of our beings. In your holy name, amen. Good job, Lige. Um, I really like how you go back to Genesis a lot. I do love the old Genesis. It's helpful. So I'm not going to read the whole of what you read because you just read it. Um, and if you want to hear it again, rewind. Um, but I will read the first part. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Very certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father. Full stop. Um, 
Interesting to note that this is the only time that the disciples asked him something like this. They didn't ask how to heal the sick or get demons out of people. Um, they saw him continuously take time out of his day or night to go and be with the Father. I can imagine that they saw a difference in him when he returned from those times, hence probably why they're asking about it. That what he was doing with people was rooted in his relationship with the Father. So the healings, the talking with people, the teaching, um, the casting out of demons, all rooted in his relationship with the Father. And I enjoy how specific the beginning is. Jesus said to them, say this. <laughs> it's, it's great because they're saying, how do you pray? And he says, do this. Um, it's an insight into the prayer life of Jesus. He wouldn't tell us to do prayer like this if he wasn't. Our first point of call in prayer is to know who we are praying to. Father. Jesus refers to God as Father time and time again, and it's important that we do as well. And I want to acknowledge that a lot of us have a lot of father wounds and it could be hard or inconceivable to see God as father. And I heard John Mark Comer um, touch on this as he teaches around prayer. And he said that the soul and spirit healing that is needed for so many of us may be a long journey, but it's a journey worth taking to then be able to see and experience God as your loving father. It's important to know who we are praying to. Mm -hmm. When we begin to pray, whether it's an alone prayer or whether it's in a neighborhood church setting or something like that, who we are praying to, who or what is in our mind's eye when we pray, will make or break our prayer life. That's a good point. And I read this quote from a guy called John Tyson, who's a pastor in America, and it just is like, <laughs> so good. Unless you break the stronghold of false images of God in your mind, you'll never be drawn to prayer. The angels have been locked in a room with God for thousands of years, and they still haven't gotten past the word holy. Holy, holy, holy. If you're bored with God, you may be the person who is boring. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> or it could be that you're just distracted by the trivia in our culture, like you were talking about. I think you can say like you. you <laughs> When we break through that boredom, you'll be drawn to the glory of who God really is. Great. I was going to keep teaching around the rest of Jesus' prayer, but I think it's a good place to land. Who is God to you? When you stop and imagine him, who or what do you see? How do you feel? What do you think that he thinks about you? I remember as a young adult, <laughs> I'm still one, eh? You're not. You're not. Question number one, where, when do you stop being a young adult? We're middle-aged now. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. We're not middle-aged. We're not young adults. We're just adults. We're in the in-between land. We're adults. Okay. So I remember as a young, young adult <laughs> being led through an exercise about this and it was quite interesting. I can't remember it specifically, so I can't lead you through it, but essentially you quiet yourself and you use your mind's eye to imagine walking into a house knowing that the Father God is in a room in that house also. You then find that room and the rest is kind of up to your imagination. Do you go straight in? Do you knock and wait? Are you excited to see him? Are you nervous? Um, is conversation, does it just flow? Is all of the above. <laughs> yeah, or all of the above, etc, etc. <laughs> it's a very interesting um, thing to do and just imagine. Mm. Um, who we are praying to will directly influence our prayer life. 
not just how we pray, but our soul's desire to want to pray, to want to be in the presence of God. Great. And that leads us, as it does many times, to questions, which are good because we can all share and contribute together. Yeah. Uh, and as we do, we know the Holy Spirit leads us as we could it all together. Nice. Tahi, does your image of God draw you to prayer or hinder you from it? Rua, what of your view of God needs to change so that you can come to him freely? And Toru, how do you or can you make yourself present to God day in and day out? So good. If you want to begin tithing, partner financially, interested in joining a neighbourhood church or just want to know something, Anything. Anything. You can contact us by unitchurch.org.nz. I want to know how old you are to be in middle age. Um, Send a message through. We'll get back to you shortly. (laughs) This video is available in podcast form anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's been brought to you by the little L and the... The little L. Sorry. (laughs) The Sesame Street humour. We will see you this Avo, 4pm, to sing Waiata to Jesus and share Kai with those he loves at the Unite Hall. See you soon. See you soon. Uh, Like we tell our children, God is good and he made us good and so we can trust in his goodness. (laughs) We're praying for you in the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Aroha nui, you know, Bye.